0: Let us pray together. This is the word of the Lord, and it says, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the invitation and for allowing us to draw near to you, Lord. The only reason why we're able to draw near to you is simply because, God, you have made a way for us first. You have allowed us to know and to encounter the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. So with that invitation, we come to you right now with humility, and we ask God that you would speak to us and that you open up our eyes and you will open up our ears to hear your word here today. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And I pray, God, right now as you transition to the message, may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all the hearts for those who are listening here today. Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, oh God. We thank you, we love you. We pray all these things in your precious Son. Just cause me me pray. We pray all these things in your precious Son. Christ and me pray all of God's people pray amen amen Amen. and amen amen Amen. let's all take our seat and let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbor before we begin it's good to be in the house of the Lord we're gonna continue on in our series called real faith Uh, we are on part five and today the title is same forever. Can we turn to our neighbor and say same, same. Forever. forever? Amen. Amen. Alright, so in James 1, our main scripture here today, in 16 to 18, the author he says this. He says, Don't be deceived. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, Don't be deceived? Don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows in verse 18 it says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created amen and amen verse 16 he says don't be deceived my dear brothers and sisters, So the word deceived in Greek, the Greek word, the meaning is getting to a place where all we do is blame God. I'll say that again. The ones who are deceived are people who get to a place, they get to a place in their life where all they do is blame God. They don't see the gifts, the blessings that they have. They are not grateful to the Lord, but in turn, they are deceived because they don't see the giver. They only see the gifts. Uh, they, are, they have become spoiled in their faith. They get to a place where all they do is blame the Lord. In other words, what this is saying is don't let your mind be tricked. Don't let Satan trick your mind. It's saying keep your hands clean. Keep your heart pure, sharpen your mind with the wisdom of God. How? It says in next verse, verse 17, by realizing that every good and perfect gift is from God, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. In other words, He does not change. The giver is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, if we do not see God as a generous God, then we are living in deception you have become deceived so in other words going back to last week's message the characteristic the attribute of god the question who is god let us understand who god is point number 1 he is the generous king we understand from james 1:16 to 18 that god is The generous king. The given and the given gift of God, the one who has given us everything and will continue to give to us. Why? Because he loves us. We must not forget every day we live until we are at the moment we take our final breath. We cannot forget just how generous our God is. That's what the book of James is teaching us. Don't forget his generosity. Verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly, right, heavenly lights. The word gift, what does the word gift mean? In Greek, the word Greek, the meaning is He is boundless. His immeasurable, endless, countless, the countless, infinite generosity of God god the ultimate gift that we receive is what salvation that we have it it is what he has given you and he will continue to give to you because salvation doesn't rest on you alone by you doing good works it came from the righteousness of jesus christ so from today on if god chose not to give me the gifts this building The cars we drive, the room that we have, the bed that we sleep, we need to say, I will be okay. For he has already given me the ultimate gift. What's the ultimate gift? It's the salvation that I have in Jesus Christ. He has already given us more than enough. What is that? He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die on our behalf. That is the ultimate gift. That's why we say, point number one, he is the generous king. So point letter A, every good gift received was from the Lord. B, every good work completed was for the Lord. C, every hard test passed was for our good. Every good work completed was for the Lord. Everything that we have done, everything that we will continue to do with nursing home, with missions, with other areas, responsibilities, the things that were done, it was for the Lord. We praise Him because He is a generous God for His good gifts. And ultimately, we don't worship the gifts. We don't worship the things that we have. But we worship the giver the giver, not the gifts. And because he is a generous king, he gives us tough tests. Why? Ultimately, it's for our good. So that we can grow in our character, so that we can persevere. So that in turn, we come on Sunday, just as Brother Enrico says, Hallelujah. Right? We say, Hallelujah. We say, Amen. Lord, despite what's happening in my life right now, I turn to you and I say, thank you, Lord. And I say, hallelujah. And I say, amen. Hosanna to the highest. We turn to God with thanksgiving. So point number one, the generous king. The book of James also wants us to understand, point number two, that he is the unchangeable king. He's not like a corrupt politician where Their goals will change according to the bribes received. Uh, They cannot be bribed. Meaning, in other words, well, humans can be bribed. But our God, He cannot be bribed. He cannot be changed, for He is unchangeable. He is not capable of changing. Why? Because He is perfect. He is perfect from the beginning. He is perfect now, and He will always be perfect perfect. And that's what the book of James is trying to teach us. If you go look at verse 17 again, the second half of 17, it says, who does not change like shifting shadows? We need to understand that our God cannot change. The word unchanging, the definition for the word unchanging, meaning he is the one, the one who was, who is, And who is to come? Alpha, the Omega, beginning and the end, Revelation 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We mentioned this a few weeks ago, Hebrews 12.2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? We fix our eyes on God. Why? Because He is the pioneer, meaning, in other words, pioneer meaning He's the author. He is the one who created you, the author and the perfecter of faith. Just the... As God spoke to Moses in Exodus 3.14, where it says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That's the God that is found in the Old Testament. But we also understand in the New Testament that when Jesus came, the incarnation of Jesus, he came and he said in John eight fifty eight, he says this. He says, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. The same title given to God is given to Jesus. In other words, this king, our king, my king, your king, is for us and he is not against us. In other words, Jesus Christ does not and he will not change. He will always be the same forever. For he is and will always be true to his name. Malachi chapter 3, 6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. Numbers 23, 19, God is not human, that he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does He speak and then not act? Does He promise and not fulfill? And lastly, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In other words, letter A, He is always true. Letter B, He is always good. Letter C, He is always worthy. D, He is always patient. And E, He is always unchanging, always. He will never change. He will remain the same, amen. Amen. So again, the generous king, the unchangeable king, and our last point here, and the author James, he wants us to realize what he wants us to see is that Jesus is the feared king. He is the feared king. He is not the timid king. He is not the anxious king, but he is the feared king. That every knee should bow and confess that he is the Lord. Letter A, we need to fear the Lord. Letter B, we need to revere the Lord. Letter C, we need to abide in the Lord. And Letter D, you need to heed discipline from the Lord. E, listen to the Lord. F, follow the Lord. G, live in the Lord. And H, live for the Lord. If we are skipping any part of these subpoints in our lives, Later, I'm going to talk about, in Revelation 3, about the water, the aqueduct, where it's the passage to the Laodicean church, where it draws its water, the hot water and cold water from a different source. And we know that eventually, by the time it reaches Laodicea, the water becomes lukewarm. And I want us to live each day. And it is possible, men and women of God, to live each day with these principles in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. You know, we look at the world right now with everything going around us, and we think it's so easy to live this Christian life, but it is not. It's not easy. And it will not be easy. And we look at other Christians people who go to different church, people from our, co- our co-workers at work. We see friends, we see the way they live their life. And many of them have skipped every single point here and they don't live for the Lord. They may think that they live for the Lord, but they have skipped letter G. They don't live in the Lord. If you live in the Lord, the principle, the conviction, the things that you think, the things that bring you conviction that ultimately leads to change and repentance that will come out naturally, naturally. But if there's something broken in the pipe, if there's a step that we skip and shortcuts that we take, when D comes, when discipline comes, he discipline from the Lord, we will not be able to accept it well why because our water source yes is hot ultimately what comes from the lord is always hot but eventually the pipe it's like the fun straw drink right it takes a while for the drink you know in red robin when they you order that special drink it comes with that funky straw it's like twisted it up we understand that ultimately when it reaches the mouth when it reaches The part where you take that sip and that drink, it will become lukewarm. So the Lord is teaching us, don't skip any of these points. Make sure your pipes are intact. Make sure the water source is hot. Again, the word, the fear, reverence, what does it mean? It means to fear or to revere. It means to stand in awe and deep respect and honor. It says in Hebrews twelve twenty eight. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So the word fear is not to be afraid of Him, but to revere Him. To live your life for Him. Understand how big and powerful and amazing God is. Once you understand how amazing God is, you will revere Him. You will abide in Him. You will heed discipline from Him. You will listen to Him. You will follow Him. You will live in Him. You will live for Him. Because everything begins with God and it ends with God. The author, James here, the scripture is teaching us that you must have reverence for God. You need to fear God. You need to respect God. Why? Because He is a holy God, a good God. But at the same time, we need to understand how powerful God is. It says in Matthew ten twenty-eight: do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. It's talking about other human beings. Don't be afraid of what others are going to say or what they think about you. Don't worry about gossip or the, the rumors that they spread about you. But it says, rather what? Be afraid of the one. Who is the one? He's talking about God. Be afraid of the one. Revere the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Because if you become an enemy to God, there is no escape. There is no remedy, there is no solution that can save you. If we're being attacked in this world, right? We're celebrity and people are spreading rumors about you. The Lord can always save you from the attacks of the words of man and woman. But when you become an enemy of God, there's nothing that can rescue you. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 31, it is a dreadful thing. In other words, in other translations, it says says, fearful. It It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. In other words, you need to understand. You need to have awe and deep respect and honor to who? To God. Because when you have fear of God, when you have the fear of the Lord, that is the beginning of wisdom. It says in Proverbs 9, 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The word reverence here means is showing respect and love for the Lord and His word. You do not show reverence for God when you speak about Him in a careless way or use His name in a profane manner. Jesus Christ, oh my God. But because God is perfect and pure and His name is holy, we must take this seriously. It is a serious thing to God when His children fail to show reverence to Him. In other words, we should not approach God lightly as if He's not important because He is the most important being the most important person in my life. In other words, God is holy, and he deserves your reverence. So let us be careful in how we speak about God. Let us think about how holy God is before we use his name in the wrong way. Because your reverence for God shows that you have a special relationship with him. So in other words, will you show reverence to God in your life today? And here is the reality and the truth of the gospel. Let me just go over real quick what we just went over. Again, we asked the question, who is God? Number one, he is a generous king. Number two, he is the unchangeable king. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And number three, he is the fear king. And a lot of times, we take God for granted. We don't have reverence and fear towards God. But here's the truth and the reality of the gospel. Okay, here's the truth. And I'm about to close. Here's the fact. And a lot of pastors will tell you this. And this is the truth. God loves you. That's a fact. There's nothing more you can do for God to love you more. He will always love you. That's what the scripture teaches us. That's the reality of all human beings. That's the gospel. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to save you, to save us. There's absolutely nothing you can do or cannot do for God to love you any more or any less. God created the earth, set it in motion and in rotation just at the right degree of axis. If earth any anymore, it will freeze. If it any anymore, it will burn up. God even put Jupiter in place where Jupiter, it blocks the earth from being destroyed. Meteor size, comets, size of the earth. If Jupiter wasn't there, the earth would be destroyed. If the moon was any close with gravity, we would not be here. Humans would be exing, Extinct. God loves you so much that he placed this tiny earth, a habitable place for humans, for, for it to sustain a human life just so that he can create you and love you and so that he can give you a purpose and tell you how much he loves you. Again, Psalm 139, we learned last week. He knew us. He knew us before we came to be. In our mother's womb, he knew us. His love is very real. But on the flip side of that, God's wrath is also very real. The wrath of God is real, the scripture says. The scripture says in Psalm 5, verse 46, For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong and are worth sin. You destroy those who tell lies, the bloodthirsty and deceitful. You, Lord, detest. In other words, the Lord abhors deceit. Psalm 11.5, it says, The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, He hates with a passion. Wait a minute. I just thought that you said earlier that God loves you. Yes, but at the same time, you need to understand, you need to love God, but at the same time, you need to fear God. You cannot have one without the other. If you love God, you will fear God. If you fear God, you will love Him. And if you love God and you fear God, you will hate sin and you will avoid sin. You will hate sin. Why? Because God hates sin with a passion, it says in Psalm 11.5. He hates with a passion. Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives, that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, the Lord hates. And it goes on in Proverbs 15, the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. And that is a scary reality that in Matthew 25, he will separate the sheep to his right and the goats to the left. It says at the end, when Jesus comes and he judges the earth, and when you die, He will separate the sheep to the right and the goats to the left. He says, all the nations will be gathered before me and I will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then in verse 34, it says, come you that are blessed by my Father, those who live a truly converted life and obey God, come and possess the kingdom in which you have which has been prepared for you ever since the creation of the world. But to the left, he will say, Away from me, you that are under God's curse. Away to the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Ladies and gentlemen, let us fear the Lord. For he has the power not just to destroy your body, but he has the power to destroy your soul. We need to fear God. We need to have reverence to the living God. His love is very real, but his wrath is also very real. And we need both. If all we're thinking is that God loves me, no matter what I do, he loves me, And we continue in that path. Yes, He loves you. But He loves you enough for you to make that free choice to choose Him or to turn away from Him. Ultimately, I pray our job as a human being, as a person, is to turn to the Lord with humility. We need to turn to Him. And we need to repent. And I'm closing with this And I want to close with this, and the passage that I want to stay on is found in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. And to understand the context of this letter, the author is John, and it's to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Asia Minor was back in the day, is modern-day Turkey it's all on the west side you see the seven churches we know it's ephesus we learned this smyrna pergamum theatira sardis philadelphia and the laodicea church and as i was preparing this message i was led to the laodicea church the final church of the seven churches And this is what the author says and this is what Jesus says to the Laodicean church. And I believe that this applies to many of us, many of our churches here today. It says in Revelation 3 verse 14 to 22, it says, To the angel of the church and Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither hot, neither cold, nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, you are pitiful, you are poor, You are blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear. So you can cover your shameful nakedness and soft to put on your eyes so you can see those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The context of the Laodicean church, what separated them from the rest, is that economically, medicinally, Everywhere wise as the town and the city, they had it all. They were rich. They did not like anything. They had the hot springs on the left, and then they had the cold water to the right. They had full access to cold and hot water. But because these places were far away, they had to build aqueducts on the ground. And it would take miles for the water to come in. The source where it comes in, would be hot. The source where it comes in, will would be cold. But because the pipes, the aqueducts were not maintained, eventually as the water came in, the water got dirty. The pipes were damaged, so dirt came in. So by the time when they're in Laidusia, when guests would come and they would drink the water, it would be disgusting to the point where they would have to spit it out and they cannot drink it. Digest it. The source is good, but the transportation is broken. And many of us, in the same way, our pipes, it has burst. And the water, by the time it reaches our soul, it has become disgusting. It has become lukewarm. In other words, lukewarm, the definition of lukewarm is what? You are a fake Christian who professed to be a Christian. And if you want to be spiritually sick, that's what it means to be lukewarm. Some of us here today, we have become lukewarm. And we need to close the distance. And we need to go and fix the pipe. And we need to draw nearer to the living water. Some of us, we have gone too far away from the Lord. Again, the example I gave has become the fun straw. We drink with the fun straw. So by the time we sip, it takes a while for the drink to come to our lips. We need to come close to the living God and draw near to Him. It says here, "Here I am; I stand at the door and knock." In verse 20, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they eat with me. God is calling out to us right now. Is there anyone who will believe? Is there anyone who are true? Are there any true believers here? However, the reality was in the Laodicean church, there was not a single person, there was not a single believer who will open that door. In other words, they were spiritually bankrupt. They were lukewarm and they are dying and they are it says in verse 16, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined, in the fire. Then we will have clothes to wear and it will cover our shameful nakedness and it will clear our eyes so that we can see the truth and the promise is those who repent and turn to Him you will be victorious. Verse 21 to one the one who is victorious I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my Father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Are your eyes open today? Are your ears open to receive the truth of the gospel? The reality is, yes, God loves you. But at the same time, His wrath is very real we cannot accept just the love of god and not the wrath of god for us to receive the wrath of god we need to understand the love of god there is no disappointment without love and there is no love without disappointment it comes together the wrath of god and the love of god it comes in the same package let us not grow spoiled and be deceived as James teaches us. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might become, be a kind of first fruits of all He created. Amen and Amen. Let us pursue this, generous king this unchangeable king and let us fear this king because he is the feared king may we not forget who he is and the power that he has how powerful our god is yet at the same time how personal and how loving he is so right now with our eyes closed can we just come together before the lord and during this time Let us just receive the love of the Father and at the same time let us receive the correction of the Father. He is at the door knocking. He is knocking on our door. The thing is, are there any members, is there anyone here who is willing to get out from their seat and to open that door and to invite Christ in? Will you invite him in? Will you only accept just the arm and the limb or the leg of Jesus or will you receive his whole, the whole being of Jesus? We need to receive the whole being of God, the love of God and the wrath of God. We need to see him for who he is. We need to see him with clear eyes and we need to hear his voice clearly. Let us not be deceived, but let us see the truth of who our God is and let us receive him. Let us accept him in our hearts. Let us follow him. May we open that door willingly. He will not force that door open. Only you can open that door. He is waiting for you to open that door for you to invite him in. We need to invite him in. We need to make that choice today to invite him in. Into our ministry, into our church, and into our lives. So can we turn to the Lord right now with fear and with reverence and with awe. Let us invite the living God into our lives. Let us pray together. he knows my name
1: He knows my name He knows my every thought He sees each thing We When we call, and he hears me when I call, and he hears you when you call.
0: Heavenly Fathers want to thank you reminding us of the attribute of God and the characteristic of God that Lord that you are a generous king and you are the unchangeable king and you are the fear king when we not just receive your love and that is it but when we also flip the coin and understand the wrath of God so let us live fearfully for God we have been fearfully and wonderfully made so may we live this life for you, for your kingdom, for your glory, and for your purpose. Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Open up our eyes, and please open up our ears to truly hear your voice, the voice of our shepherd. And not just may we just listen, but may we transformed inside out. And may the Spirit of God, who is forever, the same yesterday, today, and forever. May he, trans- may he transform your life from today and forward until you take your final breath here on this earth. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We pray all these things. Your precious son, just Christ, and we pray. And all of God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 With that, let me just uh, pray for us for the offering prayer let us pray heavenly Father. Just want to thank you for the opportunity to give to you what is already yours O oh lord everything that we have again is a blessing as it says in james one that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows amen and amen lord let us not be deceived but let us always be grateful and approach you with an attitude of gratitude and may we understand that everything we have is not ours to keep but it is to further the work of your kingdom Lord, we give to you what is already yours or may it be used to further the work of your kingdom here on this earth we thank you, we love you we give you all the glory and all the honor pray all these things in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. and amen all right, now let's sing our final and our closing and our church's theme song, The Path of Life in Jesus, and I'll close the service with a benediction. Let us sing together. Let us ready your hearts for the final prayer for the benediction of the service. Let us pray together. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may we not encounter the wrath of God, but may we repent and turn to you right now with humility and with humble hearts and be forgiven and be given a new life here today. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his work and his will. And may he continue to work within you what is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all of God's people pray, amen amen. And amen. amen. God bless you. I love you. I will see you all in the back. God bless you.